Well, good evening. I'm Rick Dancer, and uh, welcome to Get Real with Rick Dancer. It's good to have you on board. If it sounds like I'm a little hoarse, it's because I am. I've been yelling and screaming, had a little bit of a cold. So my voice is a little bit weird right there. But hey, you know what? That's just part of the nature of, a, of being on TV and uh, working in the business and stuff. So we got a great show for you tonight. We're going to go live to Yamhill County to talk to one of our favorites. Every time I have Barry Starrett on the show, um, I get a lot of Mary, you have a lot of fans out there. A lot of people are going, that lady, she's right on. Mary's a former TV news anchor, too. She is now a, uh, the chair of the Yamhill County Commissioners and uh, has some thoughts on the way the governor's handling this whole situation with COVID and all of that. And we're going to talk to her. I saw some stuff on her Facebook page the other day, and I thought, I'm intrigued. Our show is brought to you by Chris Dental Family Dentistry. Um, I'm going to show you a little thing. He's doing a special for those of you who watch this show, you can get crown a crown done for $998, something like that. But you have to mention you saw it on here. I'll show you that in a little bit. And also New Leaf Hyperbarics and a wellness center where you can get all your wellness needs taken care of. And right now would be a great place for me to go to get my voice box back. Um, pure oxygen in a tank fills you up. It's awesome. And Matt is one of our great sponsors. He and his wife, Cece, love what we do. So let's get into the bill. Uh, London has uh, never ceases to amaze me or bore us. He has a really funny uh, newscast tonight, and we're going to play Spin the Wheel of Misfortune for the OHA and how they choose hospital beds for people. <laughs> Only Bill can get away with that. Who puts up with this? That's what I don't understand. Bring the lion out. Bring the, bring the lion. Um, tonight on our show, we're going to have... Hey guys, don't you think it's kind of fun that you get to comment on the news? There's a cost. Oh yeah, there's a cost. People come after you. Like, I think that's why this is so much fun is because... We'll see you at five. Good evening from the News Radio 1120 and 93.7 FM KPNW Studios. I'm Bill London. I'm on the wake up call on the station every morning, 6 a.m. to 9. And yes, I get up at the crack of oh my God every morning. So, Oregon is on red alert for a growing wave of the Omicron variant of COVID-19 that pushed the new daily case count on Friday to 10,451 cases, eclipsing the record set over the previous four days. However, I find it interesting that none of the news sources that I've ever either seen or read mentioned the reason for that huge number. And it's not as though the COVID cases aren't climbing. They are. But according to the OHA full report, which generally never gets fully reported, that number was big because several thousand cases from early to late December hadn't been reported and they were just getting all of their numbers in line. Anyway, Dr. Dean Seidlinger, the state epidemiologist, said in a press call on Friday that the current wave of the COVID is forecast to peak on January 27th with 1,650 people hospitalized. That's according to the latest forecast from Oregon Health and Science University. And by that way, that number has been all over the board so far. The Oregon Health Authority on Friday issued what they call a crisis care protocol to guide doctors faced with prioritizing possibly life or death case care. Now, based on model patients 
who would not survive if discharged have top priority. Patients already under care take precedence over newly arriving cases of the same level. But if you have two people arriving at the same time and a choice needs to be made between the two patients in similar medical situations, the decision will be made at random using what they call a triage algorithm that was provided by the OHA. Now they say this is interim because it's implemented without the normal level of review and public comment. So what is the triage algorithm? So this is your triage algorithm that was released by the OHA. So you go through all of these different things and you finally get down here to the bottom where you have two patients and they're basically at the same level and you only have one bed. What do you do? Well, it says you conduct randomization with a valid blinded tool. Now you may be asking, what's a blinded valid tool? Well, I can't really tell you, but I can tell you that it says patient randomly selected Oh, congratulations, you get to get to bed. Patient not randomly selected, you go on the list. Now, you may be asking, well, so drawing a name out of a hat, drawing straws? Well, this is the state of Oregon. Remember, this is the same Oregon Health Authority that had its leaders dress up as clowns for a press conference. So I'm thinking maybe this is what they're going for. And this would be the Oregon Health Authority Wheel of COVID Care. Yep, so patients, two patients in there, they're both about the equal level. You only got one bed, but you've got two patients. Spin the wheel and let's see what happens. Now, this is well greased. This is a good wheel. It's, nothing's too expensive for the state. Oh, no, you don't get a bed, but you get candy. All right, so, and there's a variety of other things on here. As you can see, well, you could get a bed. Uh, you could also get a sticker. Now, this is a good one, rock, paper, scissors. This is where the two people competing for the bed do rock, paper, scissors, best at three out of five. Then you also have fight for a bed. Now, this is sort of the Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid approach, where the two patients can choose between knives, guns, or fists. Also, this is one of my favorite. You know, you don't get a bed, but you get a complimentary catheter and, uh, of course, uh, candy uh, and the like. So, this could be coming to a hospital near you, courtesy of the Oregon Health Authority. You know I'm going to hell for that, right? So keeping kids in Oregon schools is the North Star. According to Colt Gill, the director of the Oregon Department of Education, he says he does not want to see kids going back to remote learning. And he says that they know it's going to have an impact on schools, but he says schools are a safe place to be for them because they can do masking, they can do social distancing, and it will be in a controlled environment. 
That said, that's his North Star. Apparently not for Portland schools. Four schools in the Portland Public School District shut down, went back to distance learning today, as did all schools in the Park Rose School District, and a variety of others decided to do the same. Well, you've got to say this is an interesting way to give a state of the city address. You quit right in the middle of it. That's what Oak Ridge Mayor Kathy Holston did during her state of the city speech, where she also criticized counselors for their performance and a perceived lack of preparation. She's the third major Oak Ridge official to announce resignation recently, the others being the city administrator and the finance director who planned to leave at the start of March. But Holston, it was immediately. Holston said the council has continually looked for what is wrong and not for what is right. A community can't uh, thrive in that kind of atmosphere. If me stepping aside helps them stop blaming others and look for solutions, it'll be worth it. After a recap of 2021 and problems facing our city, Holston says that the council was, quote, adept at avoiding decisions and said from assessing the situation, continuing as mayor was a waste of my time. God bless her. So today was Lane County's State of the County address. And what was missing from that? Well, one of the county commissioners, West Lane Commissioner Jay Bozovich. He said in a letter this morning, I will not be in attendance for the State of the County today. I want to explain why. On January 3rd, I was notified they wanted the board to attend and sit at the dais in Harris Hall and be required to wear KN95 or three-ply surgical masks the entire time and that there would be no public present. Only a select few staff and invited members of the press would be present. Rick, were you invited? I don't think I saw my invitation. No. He goes on to write, I feel this violates the spirit of Oregon public meetings law and will not participate just to be a prop to what will look like a public meeting when our board is refused to return to in-person meetings. Either this should be a public meeting or it should be virtual public meetings laws does not have an exemption to state of the blank addresses. He said, I notified the board of my concerns the same day, January 3rd, and have received no response. Speaking of public meetings, the Oregon Capitol will be open to the public when lawmakers convene February 1st for a month-long session with a caveat. This is Oregon. In a joint statement today, Senate President Peter Courtney and House Speaker Tina Kotek announced while all legislative committee meetings where all the work gets done and where all the testifying happens for people for and against the bill, yeah, that's going to be done virtually where, of course, the Democratic leadership can stack the meetings on Zoom as opposing to have actual people in the room. Anyway, Kotek and Courtney issued an earlier statement expressing concern over the Omicron variant and troubling projections, but they said they're still going to have the legislature open. So basically what you can do, you can actually watch them vote on the floor. But will you get a chance to testify live and go see your legislators live? Yeah, no, that's not going to happen. And finally, an East uh, Oregon lawmaker 
wants to trim the powers of state government and in particular the governor. He has a bill. He is Representative Mark Owens, a Republican from Crane, whose district includes Baker County, and it would amend Oregon's constitution to spell out when governors can declare emergencies and what powers they can exercise, and more importantly, how long they can unilaterally keep them in place. Oregon has been under a state of emergency declared by the governor since March 8th of 2020 when Governor Kate Brown declared her intention to take extraordinary measures to combat the pandemic. And Brown has extended that state of emergency a whole lot many times since then. Under Owen's proposal, the governor, when making a declaration of emergency, would have to specify each county where the emergency exists, list reasons why the jurisdiction should be under a state of emergency, and according to the legislation, the declarations could not exceed increments of 30 days, and after 30 days, the decision to extend a state of emergency would go to the local governing body for a vote and county and city governments could create their own hybrid of emergency restrictions if they prove to do so or choose to regarding such measures as masking, school closures, vaccine requirements, etc. Additionally, the legislative concept states that a governor can't retaliate against a county whose governing body is determined not to fully continue a declaration of emergency beyond the initial 30 days of the order. Okay, this was written by a Republican. He's from Eastern Oregon. Sorry, not going to see the light of day. Nice try. All right, Rick, it's time for you to get real and spin the wheel of Ricky or Rick. Anyway, do your thing. Get real. You do it, Rick. We do a lot of crowns and we do really good crowns. Um, and it's funny, a patient asked me the other day, is like, how are you giving such cheap crowns? And, and I think they think that maybe I'm having like lesser quality. I have really good quality crowns and we do really good work. And we're, we charge, if you don't have insurance, we charge 998 bucks. So if, let's say you break a tooth and you know you need a crown, you can call us and that's how much you're paying. Um, uh, you're not gonna, we're not gonna charge you all these add-ons. You don't want a crown that breaks. I don't want stuff from China. Uh, it's a local lab. Uh, they're phenomenal. You're gonna come in the chair. We're not gonna charge you for a limited exam, x-ray, um, a core build up in a crown. We're gonna ch charge you 998. And the only way you're going to get that 998 price is if you mentioned you saw it right here on Get Real with Rick Dancer, and Dr. Bratlin will honor that for you. So I got Mary. I'm just going to bring you on. This is Mary Sterrett. She's the county chair of the Yamhill County Chamber, or excuse me, Chamber uh, Board of County Commissioners. Um, I love what Bill was talking about right there at the end. Shouldn't that have happened a long time ago? The governor had stopped this emergency and given it back to the counties so that you could have local control of that. And we would know what you know, what your county needs. And it's not the same in Yamhill County as it is in Lane County. Welcome, Mary. Well, Rick, it's good to see you. Happy New Year. And we've said that all along. And one of the things that I kept bringing up is, what are the goal, you know, what are the goalposts? What are the metrics that you're using to continue with this uh, declaration of emergency and there for the emergency powers? And we're not, we get no answers. We get no data. We get no answers to any of the questions we've asked um, all along. But I, but I, I think that the whole key to this is, is county is local control because we know we've lost control at the state level and we have absolutely nowhere to go there that it's, it's one party rule and we're getting 
dictates from basically a tyrant because all bets are off and they and since the legislature is is a wall and they don't want any of this on them just let the governor lame duck governor get away with whatever she can possibly get away with so we've asked for local control but that was never in the game plan we heard basically a rumor that the teachers unions were going to push to keep the schools closed for two years and it kind of looks like that's where we're going and we've asked for, again, metrics. We've asked for goalposts. We get nothing out of the state other than it looks like this is going to continue. And I do want to give a, a, a kudos to Commissioner Jay Bozovich. While Bill was talking, I sent Commissioner Bozovich, Lane County Commissioner, an email telling him, uh, giving him an attaboy for not showing up to that dog and pony show. I refuse to also do our in-person board meetings because because now OSHA will fine the county $500 for every incident of someone who's been sitting there without a mask. And I won't wear a mask and ergo, the county would then wind up having to pay these huge fines. So I've opted to stay in my office and um, I'm, I'm not going to, and I, I'm not gonna continue this joke when our governor is back in Washington, DC, crammed in right. like sardines in a ballroom with a 500 people doesn't have a mask on and yet can can ask the filthy peasants to wear a mask require them to wear a mask at work school church everywhere else so i was talking to a doctor today about omicron and he said you know rick a lot of people are getting it it's really out there and he says but that's a good thing because it burns that it's it's like it goes out and burns the shaft and then we can get this thing over with what's going to happen how did the, how does the governor and these folks keep the, the keep the mystery going once people start figuring it out? I guess I've been thinking this for for a year is when do, when does do we as people in Oregon stand up and say, OK, this is not about masks. This is not about um, uh, vaccine and unvaccine. It's about our freedom to make choices about our life and our family and who we are. And now freedom has become a nasty word to some people. It's like, oh, so you're free to hurt other people. It's just gotten crazy, Mary. Well, I think, Rick, that the wheels are falling off this narrative. Narrative in the media, narrative at the federal level, narrative at the state level. But we have to remember that Oregon is one of only six states that has these uh, vaccine mandates. So basically vaccinate or terminate. And that brings us to the next healthcare crisis that we're hearing about. So you've got 15,000 healthcare workers who have exited the state or just quit they're out of the business. And it's really sad to hear from nurses and doctors. I, I heard from one yesterday. This is a local doctor who said, I cannot continue to have my family put up with these types of restrictions. I had a nurse, a 31 year um, in the business nurse who was told she was dangerous and she was terminated. So if you've got people leaving the business, we've got all these unattended beds. So our capacity, hospital capacity has been, um, you know, one of the worst, I think we're tied with Washington state for the lowest in terms of number of staffed beds. And so if you fire people who staff the beds and then you say you don't have enough hospital capacity, you bring in the National Guard. It has the patina of a crisis, right? And, and right. they don't need facts to underpin um, any of their executive orders. They just say it. Uh, it's not true. Uh, we, we're hearing now, of course, vaccinated people can not only get COVID, but they can transmit it. So all of a sudden, that that is a fact that it's an inconvenient fact, and it's part of the narrative we won't hear. So what are you? What is your plan in Yamhill County? What do you hope to do? What's your next step with all of this? 
Well, you know, Rick, we've signed over 20 either uh, ordinances or letters to the governor pushing back on mask mandates, vaccination of kids, which I think is criminal. Uh, we're seeing more and more of these adverse events that are not getting reported. Uh, just, uh, you know, they're, they're poo-pooing the vaccine adverse event reporting system. Uh, we can't get the data from the V-SAFE program. So all of these really nasty um, uh, side effects are being hidden. And, and our plan is to do what we've done all along is uh, one of the things we did was to say, we're not going to enforce the mask mandate at the county level. So when people come into our county, I got a phone call from a woman who was visiting from outside the county. You said, I was in one of your restaurants and the staff weren't wearing masks. And when I complained to the county, they said, well, we're not allowed to enforce the mask mandate because the commissioners won't let us. This was something that we decided two to one, only two of us, Commissioner Bershauer, who's now the chair, and myself. One commissioner has been in lockstep with the governor all along and has even asked for increased restrictions. And we found a text from him. This is Commissioner Kula, who's running for governor, who said, what are you going to do? This is to the governor's office to push back on the alt-right anti-vaxxers. So this is what we're dealing with. Fortunately, we have the majority in the county and, and we're saying we're not going to enforce the mask mandate, but now OSHA comes in and does the enforcement. Go ahead and let them. We should not be as a county enforcing any of these edicts. So Mary, do you think that schools are going to get closed down again? I mean, it, it, I hear parents are really concerned. They're really asking a lot of questions, but everything's sorry. It, we, we're kind of getting used to these narratives. It, it's like a, it's like a book. It gets builds up, it builds up, and then all of a sudden here comes the thing, and then boom. And I think there's a lot of parents that just will not put up with that again because it's not good for our kids. Well, unfortunately, Rick, our parents have put up with way too much up till now, and our kids are suffering. You've got children masked up, sitting outside on overturned buckets in 40-degree weather and in the rain while our governor sits at tables uh, with people right there and inside and that doesn't seem to uh, bother the people who think that these edicts are fine. So the schools are really, uh, everything happens at the behest of the teachers unions. It really has little to do with facts, figures, and data. It has everything to do with the fact that unfortunately while we have great teachers, the teachers unions are running the show. They don't want to be back in the classroom so this will be the excuse of the week and we'll shut them down again. And here we go. Okay. A little bit off question. You're, you're, a, you like me are a former journalist. You worked in television news and, uh, and all that in Portland and all around. And um, how do you, do you look at the media today and you think I would have never gotten by with that ever? <laughs> you know what I mean? When you see what goes on today and the one-sided coverage. Well, well, we wouldn't want to have gotten away with it because the the, no. the 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 earmark of a good of a good of a good reporter is that you can't tell what their bias is, or if you've got people from both sides who are mad at you on the way you covered a story, that means you got it straight down the middle. So we used to just report the facts and we actually used to go out and do research. Now what they do is they get a press release, usually from one particular side of the aisle, and they go with the press release and they go with that narrative, even though it doesn't have any any you know relation to the actual uh, truth of what's going on we would never do that so what we're not we're not seeing reporting anymore what we're seeing is is a it's the narrative from the uh, you know that that one one party media cartel 
somebody's asking if you ever thought about running for governor. She did that or the Senate. No, thank you for that. No, I did that. And the reason why I ran for governor years ago, it was because we really needed to push the candidate who was the Republican over towards the, the right a little. And, and the way to do that was to get someone from the I was running as a Constitution Party candidate to get them to move over. He wasn't pro-life. He wasn't particularly pro-Second Amendment. And we basically did that to out him. Um, I, would, I, I wouldn't run for governor because uh, there's, I think what's going to happen, to be honest, we're going to start to see the seat change happening at the city and county levels. And that's where we're going to actually start to see people push back. And we need to start requiring our city councils, our mayors, and our county commissioners hold their feet to the fire and tell them that you're not putting up with this, what's coming down from the state. Mary, don't you think two people are starting? I, I think the thing that's been been um, awesome and yet has worked against the manufacturers of this, this narrative is you push so hard. Now you're going to get parents and people running for school boards and you're going to get parents running for getting on the planning commission and getting involved with the city you open their eyes and now they see what's going on and they're not happy about it and i i pray to god that people in oregon that it starts to change that they start going you know what you have to keep not that anger but you have to keep that that empowerment where you go in and say no my kids are worth fighting for oregon's worth fighting for and i'm going to go put my ass on the line and run for county commissioner or whatever it is, because that's where the power is. Everybody says, oh, who's going to be governor? See, that, that's not a power position. The power is in, this, in, in your positions and these school boards where you really see the changes happen, you know? Very interesting that you brought that up. You know, they, they're starting to see what's happening at the school board level, which which has been ignored for years. And the other side got very active on school boards. And we can tell by looking at the curriculum and what's going on in our government schools in Oregon and nationwide. Well, now people are waking up and you've you've awakened the uh, kitchen militia. You've got uh, moms and dads that are sitting there saying, no, we're not doing this anymore. And they are running for school board. But guess what's happening? And we're seeing this in Newburgh in Yamhill County. We got uh, a, a majority of the conservatives who said we don't want BLM and we don't want pride flags in the classroom and we're going to get rid of the superintendent who's allowed this. So they fired him. And now in the short session and beyond, the Oregon legislature is going to consider a bill which would take that power away from the school board so they can't fire the superintendents as we're starting to see happen. So they're going to basically make it impossible for school boards to fire a superintendent uh, without cause. So again, they're taking the power away from the local electeds. Mary, I, you just coined a new phrase that I haven't heard before, but I love the kitchen militia. Melissa, some of the people on here are there. Melissa, you got to start the kitchen militia. But it, it is a good, you know, I, I think if we're going to change things, I, I saw a, a poster the other day and it had someone with their hand on their mouth and it says, speak now or before it's too late. And people really do have to speak up. And 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 I'd say on any side of the position, but we, we got to start talking about this stuff again, or it's it's, it's never going to change and we're going to continue. I can't believe we're still two years into this and the governor still has her, her, her noose around our neck. It, it, it drives me insane. Well, I have to, I think we have to remember this is this is uh, not over and it has gotten how many people would 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 acknowledge that that uh, this would be going on two years and that they would be asked to flatten the curve 
for two weeks, then shut down the schools, shut down the churches, shut down people's businesses, uh, tell them they have to be uh, vaccinated or lose their jobs. How many people wondered um, it, or could even imagine that this could ever happen? So do we think that this is gonna stop here? It's not. We have to remember we're one of a, a not, not all the states are doing this, which is why people are leaving. You know that, Rick. Yep. Yeah, I yeah, I do. Um, I'm going to go fight from afar, Mary. I just can't do it anymore. <laughs> hey, Mary Starrett, thank you so much. It's always so nice to have you on and just get a different perspective. And um, I think it's good for people to hear that there's people like you and us and everybody all over the state that are fighting for Oregon. Thank you for taking your time. I appreciate Thanks it. Thanks so much, Rick. See you later. I appreciate you. Okay, that's Mary Starrett, uh, the Yamhill County Commissioner. Um, just like to show you guys that there's other people out here that are fighting for the state and doing their thing. Um, she's awesome. Yes, yeah, she really is an awesome lady. Um, I, um, it's been a really crazy, crazy time. And I think, um, you know, one of the things I saw, and I'm going to bring this up because I don't really care. Um, I'm just kind of, um, you know, that a, a local, uh, they call themselves a newspaper in town, uh, posted something the other day uh, with my picture and then said how I was uh, giving out misinformation about COVID and about masks and that kind of thing. And I just, to that, I say bullshit. Um, I'm not giving any misinformation and maybe it's just time for people to do their own research and start looking around. I'm always amazed and, and, and kind of puzzled about the people that come on and will say, you know, you're not looking at this and you're not, but they're not looking at what we're talking about. Um, I'm not saying I'm right and you're wrong. I'm saying somewhere, it's probably somewhere in the middle, but don't discount my research when you're not even doing your own. You're just listening to what people are telling you, the narrative of the hour. And uh, then you go out and throw that kind of crap out there. It's like, it's unbelievable that we live in a culture that allows media to participate like that. And it's no wonder people are so concerned. It's no wonder people are so confused. We don't know what's going on. Is COVID serious? Yes. But from what the doctor was telling me when I was talking to the guy on the phone today, it sounds like we're, we're hitting a, a stride here and maybe we're going to get somewhere. But we can't continue to close our schools and do all this garbage. It's just, it's just insanity. So anyway, that's my personal opinion. So... Um, again, Mary, thank you. Bill, thank you for your wheel of misfortune. Uh, Dr. Bratlin, thank you for sponsoring our show. If you guys are looking for a dentist, that's the man you need to go to. Um, and also New Leaf Hyperbarics and Wellness Center uh, with Matt McCarl, his wife, Cece, and all the gang. Their staff is all super fun and super nice. Go in there and if, you're, uh, if you've had COVID and you're doing that and you have some brain fog, that'll help you. Um, it helps with autism. It does a lot of really great things for you. But ch check out Matt. Find out more about him. Get on his mailing list because you know what he does? He sends out these little mailers. I got one the other day and it says, hey, you can get a special price on a hyperbaric when they have some extra treatments left over. You can jump in and grab them. So that's going on. Tomorrow night, um, let me look here. We have um, elements of a healthy lifestyle and we also have a travel package. We're going to take you on a little trip and uh, show you something kind of cool and fun, uh, courtesy of Elements Health Clubs in Lane County. So uh, that's it for now. Hopefully I'll get my voice back soon. Uh, so it's more clear instead of this deep, sexy man. <laughs> this is my deep, sexy man voice or or my Mr. Ed. I sound like Mr. Ed, don't I? Um, oh, oh, you know what else I wanted to share with you guys? Can I just can I, can I kind of brag a little bit? 
okay, I just want to brag a little bit. Just a little teeny bit of that, okay? Are you guys with that? I'm going to go over here so I can get in here. These are our numbers for last month, for December. If you're somebody who is looking for a way to advertise and get the message out and you agree with what we're doing and you like what we're doing, um, that's how many accounts we reached in the month of December. And we took a month, we took a week off. 491,675 accounts is what we reached. 531,000 minutes viewed um, and picked up 579 new people. So Eugene Weekly, if you think you're fucking with me, <laughs> whatever. <laughs> I'll put those up against your numbers any day. All right. So that's it. I'm Rick Dancer. Have a great night and we will see you tomorrow right here on Get Real with Rick Dancer and friends. And we couldn't do it without you and our friends. Oh, share this on your page so other people will see it. Um, that way, when Facebook starts trying to be snotty with me, uh, we can oh, we can supersede them. Okay. All right. Have a good night. See you guys later. Good night.